church. Man, I'm so excited that we get to be together today. My name is Andrea Isaacs, and if we have not had a chance to meet in person, listen, I am hopeful and excited that one day we will get to meet face to face. My husband Jason and I, we are the pastors of Hope City Church right here in Louisville, Kentucky. And however you are participating in this service, whether you are watching online right there in your home or living room or bedroom, maybe you're listening in your car, or maybe you're catching the podcast later on, however you are connected, we believe that you are a part of the Hope City Church family. And listen, that's a big deal to us. We value and love family. We think it is just a blessing to be connected to each one of you. So we want to welcome you and we're so glad uh, that we are a part of your Christmas season. Listen, last week we kicked off our Advent series, Light of the World, and we're taking just a few weeks to look at the hope that Jesus brings, the light that Jesus brings to a dark world. Listen, this stretch between Thanksgiving and Christmas is called Advent. And we have said that Advent, it really just means an expectation or excitement about someone who is coming. It's looking forward to the arrival of someone who is important. And we know that for believers, that that important person is Jesus. We know that Advent carries several traditions Right, Maybe lighting candles or singing carols or uh, doing certain Bible readings. right, And all of these traditions help to anchor us in some of those pillars of our faith. We mentioned hope and peace and joy and love. These different kind of tenets where we kind of set ourselves up for a firm foundation. These are, are words that have become intrinsic to the gospel message of Jesus and all that he brings when he shows up for Christmas, all that he brings into our lives. Last week, we specifically talked about the message of hope and what do we do? What do we do in dark times when it feels hopeless? And we learned that we shouldn't take matters into our own hands, but that we should trust God and rely on him. We said that when I try to fix my problems, I just create more problems. We recognize that Jesus is the light in the darkness, that Jesus is the solution, that Jesus is our hope, right? Amen. This week, I want us to focus on peace. If hope is a trust that things can get better during dark times, peace is what we need to experience while we are still in those dark times. Listen, peace is a state of being. I want you to think about that. We're gonna see today that peace is a gift from Jesus. It isn't something that we can create ourselves. Listen, no amount of self-care, no amount of financial planning, no amount of wise decision-making or sheer luck can bring the peace that we hope it could bring. This is important for us to remember because if we lose sight of the truth that Jesus gives us the gift of peace, that it is a gift from him, we will allow our problems to prevent us from peace instead of allowing God's peace to reside inside of us despite our problems. If I asked you to describe to me, okay, 
You got to use your imagination right here. You get a full wish list of whatever you want to put on this list. If I were to ask you to describe to me what your life would look like with peace, what would it take? What would that be? Maybe some of us would say, oh, I got you. I got you, Andrea. Perfect peace would be no complaining kids, right? None of, none of this shenanigans of, of kids wrecking my peace. No bosses who are angry, demanding more out of me. I, I'd have some peace. Maybe, maybe for some of us, you would say, listen, I got it. This is easy. Out on the boat on the lake. That's peace. That's it. That's all, that's all it is. Peace is, is, you know, a certain destination, right? For some of us, we might say that a fully funded retirement, that would bring some peace. When my kids get older, oh my goodness, if I could just get my kids a little older, maybe then I'll have some peace. If my car, if my car would just quit breaking down, I'd, I'd have some peace. I think that'd be pretty peaceful. But here's the reality. You ready? This is our big idea for today. Peace is not It is not an absence of problems. It is the presence of Jesus. Amen. Peace isn't the absence of problems. It is the presence of Jesus. Listen, just because we are followers of Christ, just because we are Christians, believers, doesn't mean that we won't have babies with colic. It doesn't mean that we won't ever worry about how we're going to pay the bills. It doesn't mean that we won't ever walk through illness or feel betrayed or ever get laid off or experience the loss of a loved one or loneliness or car troubles or financial issues or just in general hard times. Listen, having peace, it doesn't mean that Jesus eliminates our problems. It means that Jesus is with me in my problems. Amen? Listen, even Jesus' birth wasn't without problems, okay? I could name a few for you. Uh, I've been pregnant four times, and the idea of having to travel on a donkey uh, to another region while I was ready to have a baby sounds very problematic to me, sounds very troublesome to me, right? There were all kinds of problems surrounding Jesus' birth. Listen, I don't think we talk about this enough. There were mass murders happening around the time of Jesus' birth. King Herod got wind that there was going to be this baby who was supposed to be an amazing king. And his response to that news was, well, let's kill all the babies. We find later on in scripture, this is why Mary and Joseph end up taking Jesus and fleeing to Egypt. But my point is, even Jesus' birth wasn't without problems. Jesus, we know, shows up in problematic, dark times. Let me give you just a couple of these. Uh, Jesus shows up in what I would consider a type of spiritual darkness. Maybe you have heard this talked about before, but we get the end of the Old Testament in Malachi, and then Matthew starts the New Testament, that's the very first name of the book of the Bible that begins the New Testament. And there is this 400-year window, this 400-year dark space. And we say that because it's 400 years that we don't know about. There isn't a record for what was going on with God's people. There wasn't a prophet that God was speaking through. 
That feels like, to me, a spiritual darkness. Jesus shows up in darkness. Maybe you feel like that. Maybe you haven't heard from God in a while. Maybe you haven't felt his presence for a while. Maybe during this year, through self-isolation and quarantine, being away from our church family on a regular basis, maybe it has felt like a type of darkness. I'm here to remind us that Jesus showed up in darkness. Another kind of darkness Jesus shows up into, very literally, historically, in his time was a political darkness. The Jewish people, the Israelites, they were being oppressed by the Roman Empire. Maybe, maybe some of us feel like there's a certain type of political darkness. I'm here to remind every single one of us, guess what? We can have peace even in political darkness. Jesus showed up in a socially fractured darkness. Even within the Jewish people, there were the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Zealots and the Essenes. There were all these different divided groups They were already separated, Jews and Gentiles, Jews and everybody else. But even within themselves, there were these warring factions. You know what the opposite of peace is? Chaos, war, division, conflict, right? Maybe for some of us, we feel like, how are we supposed to have peace when there are all of these different groups that are contending with one another? That feels very familiar to me in this state that we are currently in. Listen, Jesus was also born in a literal darkness. He was born in the middle of the night in a cave without a lot of pomp and circumstance. He showed up right there. Maybe you feel like that your surroundings, your environment feels a little maybe unnoticed, a little dark, a little lonely, Jesus showed up in all of those kinds of circumstances. Maybe some of you know what I'm talking about. Even the the tension, the darkness that there may have been between Mary and Joseph and their families. It wasn't, in case you didn't know, a typical uh, situation. She was pregnant and they weren't married. It probably caused some strife. Maybe for some of you, for some of us today, we feel like there is some family discord. There's some family tension or misunderstanding. Jesus shows up. Jesus shows up and we can have peace even within our families. You've been fighting with your spouse. You haven't spoken to your brother in a long time. Your parents don't approve of, you know, we know what this feels like. But listen, peace isn't the absence of problems. It is the presence of Jesus. Jesus shows up and we talked last week about hope and we lit the candle for hope, maybe. (laughs) And we talked about Jesus being that light, being that spark of encouragement that we don't need to create our own fires. But this week I want us to light the candle of peace that Jesus, because he showed up and we're gonna see today that he is the prince of peace, that we can be reminded that we can be at a state of peace even in darkness. You know, I think it's interesting to think um, even like this current like season of winter, 
right? Advent, Christmas time, winter, like the literal actual season that we are in, like summer, fall, winter, spring, like the season we're in, it is the darkest time of the year, right? It's the darkest time of year. In fact, tomorrow is winter solstice. You guys know what winter solstice is. It's the darkest day of the year. It has the least amount of daylight, the least amount of sunlight. And I just think it is so cool. Have you ever noticed that during a season that should be marked by darkness, it's actually marked by light? It's almost like humanity decided to cheerfully and defiantly say, we're not going to let the darkness win. You know what we're going to do? We're going to cover our house with lights. We're going to light candles everywhere that we can. There is something inside of us that wants to get out of that darkness and fight to hold on to the light. It's like we're saying we won't let the darkness win. Amen. I want us to take a look at Isaiah 9. Isaiah 9, starting in verse 2. We said last week that Isaiah is a book in the Old Testament. Isaiah was a prophet. And um, what that means is that he was kind of God's voice, uh, literally in front of God's people. People could hear Isaiah, right? Sometimes it can feel a little bit hard Uh, to hear God. So we can maybe see this in a context of listening to Pastor Jason or, you know, uh, listening to to voices uh, in our own lives who can um, help us to know that God cares about us, that that speak truth into our lives. Isaiah was that type of man, that type of prophet. And he talked a lot about darkness and light because he was prophesying about the light of Jesus that was coming. So I want us to take a look at Isaiah 9, starting in verse 2. Now I'm going to read 2 through 7. And I purposefully chose this whole section. When we get to part of it, it's going to feel familiar to you. But I think it's interesting when we're studying the Bible, um, oftentimes we need to look at the surrounding context as opposed to maybe just segments of familiar scripture, but kind of what was going on when that section of scripture was said. So I want us to look at this whole piece today. Take a look at this. The people who walk in, what's this say? Darkness. We'll see a great, yes, good. We'll see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep, what? Darkness. A what? A light will shine. You will enlarge the nation of Israel and its people will rejoice They will rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest and like warriors dividing the plunder. For you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. You will break the oppressor's rod just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. The boots of the warrior and the uniforms blood stained by war will be burned. They will be fuel for the fire. For a child is born to us. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of what? Peace. His government and its what? Peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor, David. For all eternity, the passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. Okay, listen, that was important. Don't miss this, all right? Maybe that's even a spot 
If you're at home, grab a Bible. Grab a Bible. If you're listening, grab a Bible. Get this in front of you. All right. I want to talk about this scripture. Some very interesting pieces here. Isaiah is reminding the Jewish people, hey, listen, I know you feel like you have been walking around in darkness, but listen, I promise you there is a light that is coming and it's going to shine and it's going to enlarge the nation of Israel and its people will rejoice. Okay, I want to talk about this for just a second. I don't, I don't want to get too bogged down in, in Bible history, but this is important for us to see this idea of enlarging the nation of Israel that includes you and me and here's why when Jesus showed up and you can read about this all throughout the New Testament something miraculous happens he didn't just come for Jewish people that in and of itself is incredible he didn't just come for one small segment of people he came for all of us he came for all of us And so when we accept Jesus, the Bible explains it like we are grafted into the vine. We are grafted, brought into the family of God. That's supernatural. That's supernatural. We don't have to say, let me show you my bloodline so that I can be accepted. When Jesus came and he died on the cross, it was a way for us to inherit That's one of the phrases. We became co-heirs with Christ. I don't know about you, but inheritance sounds like a great thing to me. It means I'm going to get stuff that I didn't necessarily have to work for. And it's saying that the nation of Israel is going to be uh, reconciled, made bigger. We get to be a part of that. And I love this. It's people will rejoice. I understand why. That's worth rejoicing over. That's something to be excited about. Now look at verse 4. I want us to spend a little bit of time right here today. Remembering that the light of Jesus came into all kinds of darkness. Listen, it should give us hope that God can show up in our darkness, no matter how problematic it may seem. Okay? And and one of the things that I want to point out is in verse 4, when it says, For you will break the yoke of their slavery. I think we have to recognize and acknowledge that we are bound up by some stuff. We are held back and tied down by some things in our lives. I don't know about you, but I am absolutely a slave to wanting to be in control. I'm a slave to it. I am a slave to the desires that I have that conflict with what I know God has for me. I don't know, I can't explain it. It, it, Paul talks about it being this battle between his flesh and, and his spirit. But we are slaves to the problems and the things that tie us up in this world. Is that making sense to anybody today? And Jesus came to set us free. But we can't experience that freedom until we acknowledge that we're slaves to some things. Some of us are slaves to the hustle. Here's what I mean by that. That hustle and grind, that got to get the promotion, got to do more, got to make it happen, got to make a name, got to get a platform, got to make the bank account bigger. Slaves to it. Man, we are absolute slaves to it. Slaves to perfectionism. Oh, man. Right here. Slaves to how other people perceive me. I got to deal with that. I got to acknowledge that if I want Jesus to set me free from it. Slaves. We're slaves to it. And he came to break the yoke of their slavery and lift 
the heavy burden from their shoulders. It's a lot of pressure to try and be perfect. It's a lot of pressure to try and, you know, have a bigger salary this year than you did last year. It's a, it's, it's a burden to try and please other people. And Jesus, when he sets us free from that, it's like he lifts all of that off of us. And I don't know about you, but I think that's a part of what experiencing his peace is all about. When he breaks that yoke of slavery, when he lifts the heavy burden, right? And then it says the government will rest on his shoulders. Let me tell you what I think that means. Listen, Jesus is in charge. Jesus is in charge. This scripture also says that he's the prince of peace. What's a prince? A prince is the one who sits on the throne. A prince is the one who's the leader. A prince is the one uh, who, who, who we should be following because there is a kingdom of God that is actually here on earth. That's another sermon for another time. But Jesus has set up his kingdom and we get to be a part of it. But listen, he didn't just come for like the Sunday morning part of us. He came for every single part of us. He wants to be in charge. He wants to be the Lord of every single part of us. And, and I, I, I don't know if I can totally explain this the right way, but that brings me peace. Like if you know somebody who's the president of a company, who's the boss, who's the, the leader, like there is a heaviness to being the person in charge. Y'all feel me today? And so we can find peace when we go, you know what? I do want Jesus to be in charge. I do want all that to rest on him. Jesus does the heavy lifting. He carries it on his shoulders. Listen, I cannot take enough bubble baths to have peace. I know that's crazy, right? I can't lose enough weight, have enough money, plan enough vacations. I I can't do enough of those things to have the kind of peace that Jesus offers because it says he gives a gift of peace. You know what a gift is? Something that you did not earn. Something that you did not have to work for. It, 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 it's, a, it's a representation of someone demonstrating their love for you. Here, I got you a gift. I got you something. I was thinking about you when I was wrapping this up. It's just for you. Listen, I want us to understand because sometimes, have you ever gotten a gift and you forgot you got it? Like you tucked it away under a cabinet somewhere? I wanna remind us today that we need to dust this thing. I'll be like, oh yeah, I've got peace because Jesus gave it to me. Here's what that looks like in my life. When Jesus brings peace to my life, listen, the Bible says he brings peace of mind. Peace of mind. How many of us need some of that today? I know I do. I need an internal peace. I need an internal peace. John 14, 27 says this. I love this. It says, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. That's what the scripture says. I am leaving you with a gift. And he defines the gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. We have to self-examine. 
we have to take a look and go, what am I hoping is going to bring me peace? What do I keep lying to myself? What do I keep saying that I think is going to provide the peace that I so desperately want? And Jesus has already said, the world can't do it for you, but I have given you the gift of peace. I've given you the gift of peace of mind. You know, we were talking about gifts just a moment ago, uh, but have you ever gotten a gift that you didn't think you wanted? You ever, you know, hoping for one thing on Christmas morning and you go and you open up that present and you're like, oh, it's a crock pot. Thanks. I was really hoping for a diamond necklace. Okay. Right. You open up this crock pot and you're like, ah, okay. But then you're like, well, I mean, I have it. So I might as well go ahead and try it out. Might as well go ahead and use it. And you find yourself a good recipe and you decide one morning you're going to toss all that, you know, ingredients and stuff into that crock pot. You plug that sucker in and you head off to work. And then you come home and you're like, what is that smell? Oh, my goodness. And you show up. You pull out the best pot roast you've ever had in your life. You're like, I didn't even know I needed this in my life. This is a game changer. This is a game changer, Right? It's almost, I know this is a silly example, but it's almost like the crock pot did the work for you. It's like, Jesus, I know that's a silly example, but it's Jesus doing the work for us. Maybe it's a gift we didn't even know we wanted or needed, but I'm reminding us today, don't tuck that away and forget about it. Pull it out, use it, use it in your lives Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says it like this. We're talking about Jesus bringing peace to us internally. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he does. Then you will experience God's peace. Oh, there it is. Our problems aren't going to go away just because we have Jesus. I get it. I'm human just like you're human. We do worry. We do struggle. But there's a solution. We got to take all that to God and we got to say, man, I'm really, oh man, Lord, I just, I don't know if I'm going to have a job in two months. Like it's for real, God. What's going to happen if they close the business? What's going to happen, God? I just, I just don't, I don't know how I'll handle it if the doctor says, that it's cancer. Uh, God, I don't know what we're going to do. Man, when Jason's mom was diagnosed with cancer, colon cancer, stage four colon cancer, I got to tell you, it's possible to have peace even in the darkest times, even in our deepest struggles. God, can give you the gift of peace. We just have to remember. We have to remind ourselves, yes. Okay, God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come to you about it instead of worrying about it. And then I'll have God's peace. That's what it says. That's what it says. Then you will experience God's peace. Oh man, look at this part. Which exceeds anything we can understand. I'm gonna be honest. I don't know how a crock pot works. I really don't. 
I really, I really have no clue. It just heats the food up. I don't know why it tastes good. It does. I can't explain God's peace to you. I can talk to you about times that I've walked through that it would have been crazy. Life looked insane, but I had God's peace. I can tell you my stories, but I can't explain it to you. That's what this verse is saying. It is beyond our understanding. It is more than we can comprehend. And look at this last part. His peace will guard your hearts and minds. Oh man, so much of us face mental torment. We're just tormented by our thoughts and what is going on inside of us. It says his peace will guard your hearts and minds. When I'm stressed out about relationships, about the the future, about what's going on, like God's peace can guard me against that, can protect me against that. Another way that peace shows up in our lives is relational peace. Ephesians 2.14 says, For Christ himself brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people. When in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. Listen to me, if you're a believer, that should be the starting point of any relationship. Like we should have peace, especially among one another. We shouldn't be fractured into factions. We should be honoring and recognizing that Jesus died on a cross so that it could tear down the walls of hostility. Jesus also brings peace about my future. When I have Jesus, I know that I can have eternal peace. Not only is there an internal peace because of Jesus or a relational peace because of Jesus, I can have eternal peace peace because of Jesus. Romans 5, 1 says, therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus, our Lord, has done for us. We should be longing for the day that we get to be with God. But while we are here on earth, we can have an assurance and a peace that says, I know how I'm going to spend eternity. And that brings me peace. Jesus is not just the teacher of peace or someone who proclaimed peace or a representation of peace. Jesus is himself the prince of peace. Listen, I wonder if you really believe that today. As we look at our lives, as we examine our lives and we see that chaos and darkness and problems are still knocking at our door, do we believe that Jesus is the Prince of Peace and that he can give us unexplainable peace. I don't know about you, but I want that. I want that for my life. I want that for your life today. As we close up in just these last few final moments, I can't explain, like I said, I I can't explain how it works but here's what I have found to be true in my own life. Okay, I want to give this to you as we, as we close out. When I am struggling to remember that Jesus is the Prince of Peace, when I feel things kind of spinning out, spiraling out, when, when fear is creeping in, when disturbance to my peace is, is like kind of threatening that state of being at peace, Here's what, I, here's what I turn to. I know I need to probably turn down the noise in my life and I need to tune into what God is saying. If I'm listening more to people's opinions as opposed to what God's word says, 
I'm probably going to struggle with my peace. If I'm more aware of what social media and popular thinking and society is saying about a circumstance instead of what God's word says or what I know God has said to me, I'm probably going to struggle with peace. Instead of hanging around negative people, cynical people, maybe I need to get around some God people. Y'all feel me? Okay. I got to turn down the noise and I got to tune in to God. Another way that I know, another way that I know I have been able to find peace. I'm not saying that you're going to walk out of here today and instantly like, okay, I've got peace now. But something that has made a difference in my walk with Christ, in my relationship with God is trusting that Jesus does the heavy lifting. Like sometimes you just need to be reminded, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh my goodness, yes, Lord, thank you. you you've got it. And, and, and honestly, what that causes us to do is surrender. Like that, there, there is this exchange. Like you want more peace, you gotta let go of more. I, wanna, I want God's peace and what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna hand off the problems. That's that verse that's saying, I'm going to not worry. I'm going to take it all to God, right? That process of prayer. That's what we're talking about. Trusting that Jesus does the heavy lifting. When I surrender, it's like the perfect opportunity for Jesus to just inject me with peace. I mean it. I mean it. I don't, I can't speak for everyone in this example, but I know for me, true story, most practical thing I can tell you Listening to worship music, getting in God's presence, peace, peace, peace. It's like he just whispers it over me. Thank you, Jesus. God, I honor you. I'm worried, but I know you've got it. Thank you. Thank you for being the Prince of Peace. God, I worship you. God, you are Lord of my life. You are the greatest. You are the best. You do know what's best. And then lastly, the Bible says it over and over and over. You want to experience peace, you got to be still. You got to actively be still. Jesus said, peace, be still. Psalm says, be still and know that I'm God. Maybe for some of us, that is the practice that we need to pick up. I'm going to be still. That ties into what we talked about last week. I'm not going to fabricate the solution. I'm not going to get my hands on it. I'm going to be still. I'm going to be still. Jesus showed up in darkness. And his presence brought peace to a dark, dark world. And I want to remind us today that we get to grab a hold of that gift of peace. We can't fabricate it. We can't work harder for it. It was a gift. It was a gift. I want you to close your eyes and bow your heads. God, thank you. Oh, Jesus, thank you, God. We need, we need your peace. God, we need to be reminded. God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus. God, every person who is hearing this message, God, through technology or here in person, God, whatever way they are hearing this, I I pray right now and ask you, and ask you, God, to bring peace into their lives. God, help us to learn how to surrender. God, help our thinking to change. 
God, help our first thoughts to be, I gotta get this to Jesus. I gotta take this to God. God, I, I pray that this becomes like a foundational message for our lives, God, that when we begin to struggle, when we start to step into fear, when we start to step into stress and chaos, God, that the Holy Spirit brings us back to this message that peace is something that I can have because Jesus already gave it as a gift in my life. God, I thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.